Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Long with this week's Smart Garden. Right here on 830WCCO, we've moved from, uh, <laughs> what, just about a flight or two of stairs yeah, to come down, down to the, the Cambria secret, Gallery. secret stairway. Nice to have you here for our Smart Garden Show. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Let me introduce you to Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. She is, uh, helps us out all the time. Yeah, go, go here. first. Helps you out with <laughs> any particular lawn or garden question. She knows her stuff, and uh, you know how busy we tend to be. In fact, as you can see, Julie, folks are already calling in. You can call in uh, your question, or you can text in. The phone, we've cleared the lines, and folks are going to fill them up. And our number is 651-989-9226. Text is 81807-81807. As you can see, Julie, uh, somebody uh, sent a text (laughs) to Jack Farrell. We didn't have time to answer it. But after Thanksgiving, he always, as you know, gives his recipe for a turkey shepherd's Mm. pie. Although this is not a cooking show, yeah. unless there are some plants you, that we can eat. You could grow your own about. vegetables for that and have frozen That's them. That's true. Or can, you know, freezing I, would be better than canning. But as I recall, way. just to, to help this texter out, it was you take the leftover turkey and the stuffing and the uh, gravy and the mashed potatoes, and you layer them. The final layer would be the mashed potatoes. Mm, I'm In really the oven hungry. For 350 <laughs> and, uh, and as they say, Bob's your uncle. There it is. It's good stuff. All right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the number. As you can see, uh, folks are calling in. What I asked the, Teresa this last week, uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. What do you guys do that love gardening when it's five degrees or twelve degrees or below zero? What oh, this what time of year? Doing? What do you do? Well, right now we're doing an awful lot of education. Um, uh, my buddy Jim Calkins and I, who's a he's a landscape consultant. He and I taught landscape design for a long time at the U in the horticultural science department. And we're starting our landscape design workshop coming up uh, starting Monday night. So we've been preparing for that. Our master gardeners are wrapping up their core course out at the Arboretum. So we're getting getting that closed out. Um, and then also uh, uh, just a lot of writing right now. We're doing a lot of uh, revamping of our publications to make the website even better for uh, all of our uh, readers and all of our gardeners out there. So got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of horticulture days around the state. Mm-hmm. Master Gardeners host horticulture days. I'm doing a couple of those. So busy times. Busy we, t- and uh, then we have to get our research ready, too. Because so. you're educators. Because we're educators, yes. yeah. yeah. We talked uh, early this morning in the 6 o'clock hour about uh, the Arboretum. 
And oh, I thought, what sure. a great uh, chance for folks visiting out of town, maybe relatives or friends coming in for the yeah, big game. That would be there. great. Yeah. And, and right now they just opened the exhibit on fragrance. Yes. And you can go around to the different areas uh, of the Arboretum and they've got exhibits of fragrance, whether it's food or plants or, um, you know, other way, other things that are you can get a nice big noseful, I guess, but <laughs> not in a bad way. But yeah, it's all it'll all be great. I was out there last week, and it was it was um, really pretty cool what they're doing. Plus, there's a ton of orchids out there too, which are of course one of my favorites, as yes. listeners know. Well, I'll tell you what, Julie. Let's uh, invite our listeners to join in six five one nine eight nine nine. That sounds good. Let's go to. Um, in fact, I'm going to have Jonathan do this for me. Barbara in uh, Minneapolis, uh, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Good morning. planting my garden this kind of weather. That's what I do. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, I um, had to take down a tree last year that was full of scale, so my yard is all sun now. I'm going to dig up a hosta bed this year. And I want to put uh, maybe one of those hydrangeas in there. Oh, good idea. Well, if I put some bags of garden soil and peat moss in that area, because it's just been hostas for years, I've done nothing else, is that enough to condition the soil, or should I do something else? Well, one of the best things to do is get a soil test done, and you can find the forms and the information on the University of Minnesota Soil Test Lab website. Um, But actually, you probably don't have to do much to the soil. It, uh, you might want to add a little compost in it if it seems compacted or you have a, a drainage issue at all, but you can just mix in some compost as you plant. You don't want to bring in other soil because it, it kind of forms a barrier between your native soil and the new soil that you brought in, and the plant will never grow beyond that new soil. So just mixing in compost would help. If it's, if it's really dry soil, uh, then it will you know, really help hold moisture. And if it's compacted soil or has really good drainage, then it'll help to, uh, it'll actually help to break it up. So, um, so I, don't, I think just adding in some compost. But a soil test is a good thing to do. All right, very good, Barbara. Thanks for the call. Especially Barbara. changing plants. Oh, yes. 651-989-9226. Let's see who's next. Uh, Marion is calling from Shoreview. Good morning. You're on CCO. What can we do for you? I have brought my geraniums in last fall because they were too beautiful to cut down and put (laughs) away like I usually do. And I've kept them all winter. Awesome. One has bloomed constantly. The other one is just beautiful foliage. But now I don't know, do I cut them down? Do I just leave them and and put them out? I I don't know what to do now. Well, if, if they've got any really long branches that aren't quite the right form, you could cut those back. And um, and you can also be sure that you're taking off any dead blossoms, of course, you know that, and cleaning up any leaves around that have fallen or collected in the base of the plant. But you can just keep growing them through the spring. And, in, and when our temperatures get to be about 50 degrees at night or so or a little bit warmer, you can bring it outside into a protected area and just kind of get it acclimated to a new location and then put it back in the sun little by little. And uh, you'll have them growing all summer long. So that's terrific. You might consider repotting them in the spring too if they seem to be outgrowing their their container at all you know i forgot to mention julie we're down here in the uh, cambria gallery and there are a lot of other folks here yeah too. I'm, I'm sure tour, not I just guess. to see us but they have some other <laughs> oh things. they're here for but us of let's invite if they have a lawn or garden question Absolutely. they can come on up and we'll sure uh, we've got get, mics get right an here. answer sure. yeah otherwise call us 651-989-9226 Text, and we have a few of those, 81807. But let's see. Let's go back to the phones before we take a break. Shara 
is calling from Stillwater. Good morning. What can we do for you? Good morning. Morning. I have uh, have two hibiscus, and this is the second year that I've wintered them. And I'm not certain of the name of the varieties. One's a a tall tree-like, and the other's more of a bush. And my question is, is that the taller one especially blooms like crazy, but the leaves are so sparse on it. Should I be fertilizing them, and what should I use if so? Yeah, I would be fertilizing it. When a plant is producing a lot of blossoms, it's putting an awful lot of its energy that it's stored up in its root system into blooming. And uh, and so if it has that active growing, if you see plants actively growing in your house, your house plants, then you want to add a little dilute fertilizer. And we recommend half strength of the recommendations on the container. So if it says one tablespoon per gallon, use a half a tablespoon per gallon when you water. 651-989-9226. You want to ask Julie a question, you can call it in or text it in. Uh, text number is 81807. Tell you what, before we break, Julie, let's... Uh, and by the way, this show every week, and we thank them, is brought to us by the great folks, family-run business down near Jordan, Minnesota, called By the Yard. Yeah. Good people. Great furniture. Thank you. Uh, the uh, texter says this. Where is... In fact, just <laughs> since I opened my mouth, we've had about three more text messages. I think people start thinking of questions. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Based on where my Christmas cactus... Uh, are positioned, I think I have now created Valentine cactuses because they have some nice buds on them. Good. Will they bloom at this time every year now? Um, no. The What prompts Christmas cacti to bloom is light and temperature. So uh, as the days get shorter, Christmas cactus start to set bud. They're called a short, short day or a photoperiod uh, plant. Uh, but if it's too warm in your house where you have them, they won't produce buds so you maybe have moved them or something has changed where it's cooler and that's prompted them to bud at this point but yeah christmas cactus is you know the name we give them but actually they'll bloom based on those conditions it's the light and the temperature in the room so cooler as the lights get as the days get shorter you know we have to do as usual take a break sounds good we have more uh, show to come from uh, the Cambridge Gallery here on 830 WCCO Welcome to Play It a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it and good morning actually we are in the Cambria Gallery yeah. doing our smart garden show Danny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M fun. and a whole bunch of other folks down yep. here too you know, it's uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, it's 14 degrees now. We dropped one since the last oh, hour. 14. Lost a degree. But it's not bad. It's not, not a, bad. No, it's actually pretty nice out. There's no wind. That's the... That helps. That's the key. 651. <laughs> you have a lawn and garden question. 651-989-9226. Even at 14 degrees, if you yes. have a lawn and garden question. 52 weeks a year, we talk Exactly. About uh, if you'd rather send Julie a text, and we'll get to those two eight one eight zero seven. Julie, let's get back to the phones. Nancy is calling from uh, Olivia, I believe, with a question, Jonathan. Uh, Nancy, you're on CCO. Thank you. Thank you. Morning. Um, yes, I was wondering um, if it was possible to plant coleus seeds like this time of year and then replant them outside. Yeah, I think, uh, did you purchase the seeds or did you collect them? Um, we haven't purchased okay. them yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, with coleus, uh, you want to... Find out how long, uh, you, you know, how many weeks before 
they're uh, ready to go outside that you would plant them. So, for example, you might read a package, and it would say, you know, 12 weeks. And so then you just want to count back. Our last frost-free date in Minnesota, at least in the metro area, so Olivia might be, it'd probably be about the same, uh, is May 20th or May 21st. So thinking about not moving those plants outside until then, not putting them in the garden or in containers outside, you want to just back up uh, however many weeks uh, that coleus plant needs to germinate and then also grow a number of sets of leaves so that it's a good, healthy transplant to go outside. Very good, Nancy. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Nancy leaves another line open at 651-989-9226. Let's go to Joe, who is calling from Alexandria with a question. Hi, Joe. Hi. Say, I got a maple tree in my yard. I'm not sure what kind it is, but it's it's got big leaves, and from a distance, they almost look purple. Um, but from the, it's got a big crack in the trunk from the ground all the way, probably up two thirds of the tree. Ooh. Can uh, is there any way that that tree can possibly be saved? Did it just crack this year? No, it's been cracked for a couple of years, and I know my neighbors got the same kind of tree, and they got. A crack in theirs too. It must be kind of common with that tree, huh? Well, it sounds like it's probably like a crimson king uh, Norway maple. Uh, they have large leaves. They're usually a dark purple color. Uh, they're great, you know, great looking uh, landscape plants. They probably cracked from. It's probably called a frost crack, which is uh, the bark heats up on one side from uh, winter sun, and then as the temperatures cool, that and during the day, those cells actually will break, and that, that wood cracks. That could be one reason that it happened. It, it really sounds like a pretty bad crack because it's going all the way from the base up through the whole tree. And the best thing to do then is if you – it's hard to say on the radio whether it's going to live or not, and the same with your neighbors, but maybe the two of you want to go in together and hire a certified arborist. And we have a publication on our extension site that's really helpful – and, uh, and that's, you would go to extension.umn.edu, click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, and then go to trees and shrubs. And we have a publication there on how to hire a certified arborist. You really want someone to come out and personally assess that so that they can really take in the, all of the information and, and uh, look at the tree in person. Let's mention that university website again. It is such a great resource. Yeah, extension.umn.edu and click on the garden tab and go to yard and garden. Um, if you don't get your question answered today or your text, you can scroll over to ask extension and just email it in and, and I'll answer it or one of our master gardeners who, uh, who do that for volunteer hours uh, will answer it for you. All right, very good. Thank you, Joe. Tell you what, uh, I'm going to get some text messages uh, your Excellent. way, Julie. Good idea. However, let's get Marlis in Farmington's oh, question answered first. Terrific. Hi, Marlis. Thanks for waiting. Show. I had a big surprise for my amaryllis this year, which yes. I normally put out in the summer. It keeps green. I bring it in in the fall, and then when the leaves start turning yellow, I cut them off one by one. And then I pack it, in, um, pack it up in a double bag, and I put it in my closet okay. for darkness. And I put it, shoved it under the closet shelf. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> a week ago, I, I was uh, putting my coat away, and I thought, oh, a mitten must have dropped. I saw some color down there. <laughs> Lo and behold, it was a boom. <laughs> I pulled, and it's a folding door. I said, oh, Glenn, come here. And we <laughs> he had to unscrew the door to ease the sock by the shelf, the boot shelf, and he got it out. Here was this 18-inch white oh my gosh. sock 
with four huge blooms on the top, <laughs> not a leaf on the plant. And it had a baby that had started last year and bloomed. That right. was just starting to throw up some leaves, but not a leaf on this That's plant. Awesome. And here it is right now. It has these four huge blooms on it. I've never seen anything like it. It's slowly greening up on the stalk. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Did I do it right? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happened. I think uh, you did it right, though. I mean, by putting that plant out for the summer, it starts uh, and leaving the leaves on it. They start to they photosynthesize through the summer, and then they add that energy that they're creating into that bulb for blooming the next year. And clearly, that (laughs) worked for you. And uh, and then putting it in the dark gives it a, a time to rest. You don't have to put it in the dark. You can just put the plant in its pot you know, out in the sunny window in your living room or wherever and just grow it as a house plant. And it will bloom again, more than likely. Um, but if you want to time that bloom, then you could put it in the dark for a, a time. We call it a resting period for the bulb. So either way works. Um, but it sounds like it did. you did a great job with that. So, Mark, so that was terrific. Good deal, Marlis. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate the call. You know, we have another, as you know, Another half hour of the show to go. (laughs) Live from the Cambria Gallery here on A3OWCCO. Call us or text Julie. The phone number is 651-226. The text number is 81807. Let's take this break. Come right back. And welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us by the good folks at By the Yard Patio Furniture. We appreciate that. And you will, too, if you know that furniture. It's fantastic. Denny Long here. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota with us, helping yeah. us out like you have so often. Mary Go is, is still on leave on yep. sabbatical, yeah, right? Yeah, she's doing some research. So uh, she's here in town, but she's uh, working she's, on she's uh, busy. grass propagation. Aha. Uh-huh. But Julie is here helping us out. Yes. All right, helping you out. By the way, if you have a garden question, lawn or garden, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, 81807. I know I mentioned uh, I want to pick up on text messages, and I will, but Tommy is calling from Edina. Oh, good. First okay. up here. I don't want to keep him waiting. Tommy, thank you. Awesome. Hi. 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 Um, so tulip bulbs, I yes. want to chill them. Um, how long do I chill them? Because I, want, I didn't get them planted in the fall. Oh, okay. So they need a chilling time. When you force bulbs, if you you know, plant them up in a pot and you put them in a cold location. It's like 12 weeks. So you better get those planted up or, or get them chilled pretty quickly here. Um, but I would, I would pot them up to do that. Uh, the soil actually, it, it creates a more, um, kind of a better growing environment than just putting them in the refrigerator. They could rot in the refrigerator if they're just in a bag or dry out. So I would put them in a pot of soil and put them in a refrigerator and, um, and, uh, and then, Take that pot out and and dig the whole, take the whole, all the soil out and put it right in the ground as a clump. And then next fall, just be sure that you plant your bulbs, uh, some new bulbs, uh, in the fall before uh, before the soil freezes. Very good, Tommy. There kind you of, go. Thanks for the call. Tricky question there. All right, let's uh, eight. By the way, eight one eight zero seven. You want to send Julie a text? That is the number eight one eight zero seven. Here's one, Julie. Where's a good place to grow poinsettias around the house? Northeast, west, south, and can you plant them and have them grow in the same year? And uh, they also want to know where you can buy them, but lots of places to buy them. Yeah, there's lots of places. I don't know if we have so many poinsettias available now. They're really around uh, the Christmas holidays. Right. Uh, you might be hard-pressed to find them. There could be some. Um, but they need a bright light, 
And uh, so I would say an easterly window or a somewhat filtered southern window would be great. Uh, and then if you put it outside in the summer, it, I would put it out in the sun as well. And just acclimate it. Whenever you move a house plant outside, you want to put it into a protected site first for a few days and then, you know, kind of gradually get it adjusted to a little more sunshine, uh, keep it out of the wind, and then just keep that plant moist. That's one of the challenges with poinsettias is, is you want the soil moist, but you don't want it sitting in water. And, uh, and if we have rain, then you're going to need to be sure that you're emptying the, the pot and making sure that it's not sitting in that water. Now, one of the tricks with poinsettia is that, uh, is that the bracts, which we call the flowers, uh, if you want those to turn red, they need to be in complete darkness starting about, mm, I would say, maybe September or so. And, uh, and, and definitely bring those plants in before we get any kind of nip of frost because they are sensitive to that. And they need to be in complete darkness for 14 hours a day, complete darkness, like in a closet. And uh, now certainly nighttime is part of that time. Uh, we do have a publication on poinsettias that I would recommend that you take a look at, and that will give you some more details on how to do that. All right, very good. 651-989-9226 if you have a lawn or garden question for Julie. We are broadcasting live from the Cambria Gallery here, street level, yeah, 7th Street, 2nd Avenue. Yes. <laughs> uh, Stacy is calling from Oak Grove with a question for you, Julie. Go ahead, Stacy. Good morning. Morning. I received a gardenia plant Ooh. from like an online delivery service. Sure. And I still have it in the container that it was delivered in, and I have rocks on the bottom of the container, and I'm putting water in the rocks, but... What I'm wondering is, do I need to transplant that? Is it still blooming? Um, it did bloom. It hasn't bloomed probably in the last month. So okay. No. So, yeah, so you could transplant that. Now, you don't want to transplant them when they're blooming just because they're putting all this effort into producing those flowers, and you don't want to disturb that. So now that it's stopped blooming, now you could do a transplant. Um, the way you would tell if it really needed to be transplanted planted is if the soil dries out really quickly after you water it, if you have to seem to water it more and more frequently, if the water really pours out of the container and the root ball doesn't seem to stay damp. That's, uh, those are kind of, you know, kind of a, a, a way to tell that you have kind of a pot-bound plant. But you could go ahead and transplant it now. And you don't need a much larger container, maybe, you know, a couple inches wider and uh, just use a general potting soil is great. Um, and uh, keep an eye out for spider mites. That's one of the pests that gardenias suffer from in house plants because we have such hot, dry conditions. It's good that you're putting that water in the dish so that you have some humidity uh, that's available to that plant. Speaking of spiders, a texter, ah. a texter says, how long do spider plants live? Oh, they can live a long time, and they produce uh, offspring which can be snipped off and then planted as well. So you can have a whole bunch of spider plants. <laughs> and Pass them around to the friends and neighbors. <laughs> let's see. I, t I want to get back to the phones, Julie, but here's another text. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, good, a good who, one. who do the plants like for the Super Bowl? Oh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll refrain from commenting. Yes, uh, I think that's wise. <laughs> uh, if I have, Texter says, house plants with brown and dried tips on their oh, leaves, is that a sign of too much or not enough water? So there are a couple of plants that are really susceptible to that. The spider plant is one. 
uh, the Dracaena, which we sometimes called a, like a Dr. Seuss tree. It has a big head on it with uh, lots of long, narrow leaves, and then also peace lilies. And uh, brown tips can happen for a few reasons. Uh, one is that they... Uh, that if, that if you're fertilizing that plant, the fertilizer salts will collect at the tips and they'll actually burn the tips. That's one thing. So you want to use a, a very dilute solution of fertilizer, at least half strength, maybe even a quarter strength every time you water. They're not big feeders, any of those plants in particular. And, uh, and then you want to water and you want to flush, your, flush the uh, root ball every three weeks or so with just clear water just to wash out any excess salts. The other thing is that uh, if it is a, um, a spider plant or a peace lily, those are two plants that I know of that have a sensitivity to fluoride. And we have uh, fluoride in our water, our drinking water. So if you're using city water, you could, you're adding fluoride into your plant's roots. And that is going to also burn the tips or burn the edges. So, um, so you would want to start using uh, a distilled water that's, gotten about half strength of fertilizer, a quarter strength. And then you'd also or use a reverse osmosis drinking water you can buy at the grocery store, either one of those, or rainwater if you're collecting rainwater or have collected it uh, in the summer. But you want to avoid using city water on, on uh, particularly the peace lily because it does that and the spider plant. All right. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Uh, let's see. Dorothy is calling from Minneapolis. Dorothy, you're on CCO with Julie. I, I hear you just have had a question on water. Yes. And I have a question on uh, bottled water based on a, a, the pH study that I have just read about. The dentistry school at the University of Alabama in Birmingham did a study on bottled water on the pH, and they found that anything under 5.5 is really detrimental to us because of our teeth. It can start destroying the enamel. So they tested 16 samples of different brands, found only four were acceptable. And they said tap water is about 7.0 pH. And I have used some leftover bottled water for my house plants. And now with hearing about this, I'm wondering, is that a problem? Well, I don't think um, there are actually the, the pH. Um, some plants prefer a lower pH uh, versus alkaline, a higher pH uh, water. And most of our water, at least around Minnesota, is alkaline just because we have uh, our bedrock is limestone. So a lot of our drinking water has a higher pH. Seven is neutral. That's, uh, that's great. That's if you, if you tested the pH of distilled water, you'd find it was 7.0. Uh, as far as acidic water, there are plants like citrus plants and, uh, and certainly azaleas that uh, require some acidity in their water. They don't do well at a higher pH. So it really depends on the plant. And, uh, and so you should look in, into the information about the plant and see if there's any pH sensitivity or if they prefer a lower pH over a higher pH. It'd be better to have a slightly lower pH, I think, for houseplants than to have a slightly higher pH, though some are more uh, forgiving than others. That's right, interesting. Good. I'm drinking water. Did they say anything about Kirkland? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that's we, what we have. <laughs> we have a lot of water questions today. Yeah. In fact, yeah. let's see. Here's another one if I can find it. The soil in my houseplants drying out seems to need more water. What can I cover the soil with to help them retain the moisture? That's a great example of it's time to repot those house plants. Whenever the soil is drying out very quickly and you have to keep watering it, uh, it's probably pot-bound. So the best way to do that is take and, and carefully uh, dump the plant out of the pot and take a look at the roots. Chances are they're circling around in the shape of the pot. 
and it's time to repot it. A couple inches bigger in a container, so uh, from a width standpoint is probably all you need. But use a good general potting soil unless it's a specialty plant like a cacti or African violet. There's specialty uh, soils for those. If you're just joining us today here on CCO, of course, it's our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. And, but this time, we took a couple of steps, flights downstairs <laughs> to the Cambria Gallery. Beautiful yeah, place. Yeah, it's kind of neat down here. And uh, we're on street level now. And uh, welcoming your phone calls and text messages as usual, 651-989-9226. Or the text uh, message number is 81807. Tell you what, before we break, let's go to the, back to the phones. Maureen is calling from Hutch. Maureen, what's your question for Julie? Hi there. Good morning. I have a, a, quite a large brush pile that we've accumulated over the last few years of dead branches and, and debris from the garden over the years. Okay. And I'd like to burn it off, and I'm wondering if I could use that once that's all burned off um, to plant gardens and uh, sunflower uh, plants. Um, the, will the ashes... Um, harm the soil or the plants? Uh, yeah, garden. yeah. so the ash is going to be alkaline. It's going to be, uh, in, in other words, it's going to have a high pH. And, and anything, you, if you add it to the soil, it's going to raise the pH of your soil. And uh, a lot of our plants prefer to grow at a neutral to slightly acid uh, soil. So uh, neutral being seven. And um, so what I would do is I would not, mix them, mix it entirely. First, you want to have a soil test done about wherever you're going to be planting. If it's going to be, if you're thinking about planting where that brush pile is going to burn down, then you'll want to rake off the ashes and either put them into, a, you know, someplace where they can just break down over time and not, I would not plant into that directly though, because I think it's, you're going to have this very high pH soil and your plants will become chlorotic. Uh, there won't be nutrients that are available to them because of the high pH. And, and so um, probably not recommended. But having said that, having a soil test done around that soil, the basic soil is the way you're going to be able to tell. What's the process through the university, Julie, of getting a soil test? So our university uh, soil test lab, you can Google that, or you can go to soiltest.cfan, C-F-A-N. Ns.umn.edu, and they have a form. They have great explanations. They'll tell you exactly how to take a sample and submit it. It's seventeen dollars per sample, and uh, really easy to do. Great information. And then, if you have questions about the results, you can always contact Extension at Ask Extension off our website, or you can contact a local master gardener. They can help you too. Very good. Let's take a quick break, Julie. We have more show to come live from the Cambria Gallery here on 830-WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Here we are back broadcasting live at the Cambria Gallery, beautiful Cambria Gallery. It's gorgeous. Isn't it, though? It's great. Just makes me want to cook some food. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) talk lawns and gardens. Yeah. All right. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. That's the phone number if you want to send a text, 81807. Christine is on the phone calling from Hastings with a question for us. Hi, Christine. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I have a question. I was in the desert recently, and I took some cuttings off some various cactuses, and I am wondering how I get them to grow. Oh, Thank you. boy. Cacti. <laughs> Not one of my strong suits, unfortunately. 
Um, I think that I would uh, refer you to uh, looking that up on uh, maybe University of Arizona or, or New Mexico or University of California. Um, I do not know that. I, I know that some cacti will produce um, uh, air roots, and you can dip the end of the cactus in some, a little bit of rooting hormone. You can buy that at a garden center and then plant it into a damp sand and to produce more roots and then plant that out in a cacti soil, cactus soil. But uh, depending on what cactus, there's so many kinds of cactus, but depending on what kind of cactus you have, I, you know, it's hard to say. So um, I would say you could experiment with that. If I don't know how many cuttings you took or, or uh, what you have, but you could, you could start with that. You could dip an, go and get that rooting hormone, dampen the end, dip it in the uh, rooting hormone. You might have to make a fresh cut because it may have sealed up at this point and you want to have some active growing tissue exposed. So uh, you can try that, but again, I would take a look at one of the university extension sites that are in the southwest mm -hmm. U.S. and check it out. Very good. John Irwin, one of our faculty members, does a lot of cactus propagation. Um, I wish, you know, I don't, I don't have anything from him about that, though, that, that but I there are other advise. resources. But there's other resources, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Let's grab some text messages, Julie, while we're at it. Uh, good. Texter says, is it now okay to give a haircut to an asparagus fern? Uh, well, I would imagine it's actively growing. You could probably trim it back. Uh, those get to be pretty wild looking. So you could head it back, meaning that you can take back, oh, maybe a third or so of each, uh, each frond. And, uh, and just to kind of get it into more of a compact shape. I, I think you could. It depends how robust it is. Mm -hmm. If it's got any kind of stressors right now, if there's any insect issues, I'd probably wait. But if it's all healthy and actively growing, you could certainly head it back a little bit. So that's heading back is basically trimming off uh, the, the long fronds or branches or stems. Very good. Back to the phones we go, Julie. Doug in St. Cloud is calling in uh, with a question. Doug, you're on with Julie. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. Hey, I... Put in about a 12, 13 foot uh, blaze maple last year, sure. last spring, and uh, it's the branches are growing long, but there's not a lot of them. I, how can I get that to to push out a little bit more? And can you top them? I would not, since it's a newly planted tree. I would just wait a few years, and uh, and young trees will often put out pretty straight, long branches, and then they'll start to flush out branches off of those stems. So heading it back, trying to top it or something now, you just planted it, uh, it's really still getting established. And it takes a number of years for plants, depending on the size of the plant you planted, it takes a number of years for trees to become established, meaning that its roots are actively growing and it's growing new roots. And that's really what it's focusing on right now is that plant needs to establish a strong root system. So you want to be sure that you, as soon as the soil thaws, uh, that you're watering it well and, uh, and that you're protecting it from browsing animals with a fencing so that they're not, they're not chewing on that nice tender bark. And, uh, and then be sure that you give it enough water through the, uh, through the summer. We have a great publication on newly planted trees and watering on our extension site. So if you go to extension.umn.edu, Click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, and if you go to, to water wisely uh, and scroll down to the tree section, you can print that out. And I would highly recommend that you print that out. Anybody who's planted a new tree, 
uh, this year, you're going to want to print that out because it actually gives you calculations on how frequently to water new trees based on the girth of the stem and then how much water you need to apply each time you do. All right. I was looking outside. It looks like a snow globe. It's out beautiful there. It out there. It is snowing in downtown I feel like I'm in a snow globe. <laughs> yes. Here it is. And 14 degrees, by the way, is our Twin City temp. We might hit 20 later today. All right, Julie, back to the tech screen we go. Will my lipstick plant bloom only on new growth? <clears throat> Excuse me. Or can I expect buds to form on older stems also? I don't know that one. <laughs> well. I'm not. I. I. I'm not really sure. I think uh, if uh, I would let it, I would let it keep growing and not uh, be cutting back branches at this point, unless they're really out of shape or out of form. Um, I don't know if it blooms on old or new wood. At that, that's a that. I'm gonna. Hmm, boy. You're gonna do some. Research I'm gonna guess. On that. I'm gonna guess it blooms on new wood because it's a house plant. Okay. But that's just me. Text, texter says this, Julie, I need to move some Asiatic lilies this spring. Cannot wait for fall. Okay. What's the best approach to minimize harm? Oh, good question. So you want to dig enough around those clumps of lilies so that you're not going to be digging into the bulbs themselves. And, uh, and then take them out and uh, move them with as much soil around them is, is a great idea. You can dig them up and take a look at the lily bulbs too. Um, and then uh, just move them into the new location. Plant them at the same depth. And do that when you just see them starting to come up. Don't wait till they're really tall because it's difficult to move them. And, and you probably already know that. But that's going to be uh, something that, uh, that you'll want to do right when you start to see them coming out of the ground. Okay. Julie, we have less than two minutes to go on the show. Wow, that was uh, fast. I know. Holy cow. Texter says, for the past several growing seasons... When we plant our big boy tomato plants in the garden, they grow great until shortly after bearing fruit. The plant starts to die very slowly from the inside out. What's the problem? Well, if you're not rotating your tomatoes, that's the first thing to, uh, to consider. Uh, your propaga- any kind of pathogens in the soil are going to keep coming back each year. So you want to rotate your crops. It's the same with potatoes, peppers, eggplants, tomatillos, any of those nightshade family. Um, and then also it could be that the big boy tomato is not disease resistant and that it's, there's a, 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 some kind of pathogen in the soil that's affecting it. It could just be a blight, and our late and early blights are not necessarily uh, going to kill the plant. It just looks like it is. It still produces fruit, but it, it affects the leaves. I would go to the website and take a look at our diseases for tom- on tomatoes. Uh, excellent publication by our pathologist, Michelle Grabowski. And just before you take your leave and you and Carl go walking around Nicollet Mall and enjoying <laughs> all the, the festivities, <laughs> let's get that uh, university website yeah. out to our listeners again. So uh, it is extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, and you'll find all sorts of great information, including Ask Extension, where you can email in your questions or contact Master Gardeners with your questions. And when will the abiders be playing next? Well, May 11th. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll mark that on the Hopefully calendar. Hopefully sooner than that. We'll go from there. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.